Hi everyone, it's Stu here, your dulcet-toned podcast host. Are you tired of ads interrupting your favourite true crime podcast? British Murders, of course. I mean, who needs a 60-second detour when you're in the midst of an immensely well-told story? The irony of this being an ad isn't lost on me, but I wanted to let you know that you can listen to British Murders completely ad-free by signing up for a Patreon membership. For as little as £3 per month, you'll get early access to ad-free episodes as well as a heap of other benefits. I've got a fair few bonus episodes you can sink your teeth into and every Monday I drop a new episode of the British Murders Weekly Journal. If you enjoy exclusive giveaways, my Patreon has those too. Head to patreon.com slash British Murders and choose either my OBE or KBE slash DBE tier to rid yourself of those pesky adverts. Plus, you'll be helping support your favourite podcast so that I can offer you even more content going forward. I'd say that I'll shut up now, but you've got the rest of the episode to listen to. Back to you, Stu. Hello everyone, and welcome to British Murders, the podcast that focuses exclusively on British murder cases with an occasional glimpse at horror movies. I'm your host Stuart Blues, and this is now the 8th episode of Season 4. How quick has this season gone by the way? It's unbelievable. Anyway, firstly, as we always do, let's kick off with this. Welcome to Daddy Facts. That was a ridiculously cute jingle for the show's opening icebreaker segment, which is called Daddy Facts, or simply Dad Facts. This is a part of the show that involves me reading a random dad fact from a pack of cards my daughter got me a few years ago. I've picked this one already at random. It was shuffled ages ago. I'm not shuffling it every week. Here's this week's card, and here is this week's fact. Chocolate milk is an ideal post-workout snack. Used by professional athletes, the protein in the milk helps to replenish tired muscles and the carbohydrates give you a boost of energy. I've heard that before. I think I've tried that before. I am a professional athlete, as you can tell. And yeah, I recommend it. People do it. I don't know. I think you have to work out pretty hard. Otherwise, it's just the cost versus fat. There's a lot of fat in chocolate milk, right? It's not just sugar and protein. Let's have a protein shake and some berries is what I used to do. But <laughs> that's that done. With that, let's move on to the second and the final ice opening breaker segment of the show. Whatever you want to call it. It's time for this. The Serial Killer's Book of Haiku. Hi-ya! And here is this week's haiku. Pre-prepared, but I've not read it. Beautiful blonde maiden impaled on a spike. A cold bag of bones. As you can see, hopefully you can see that, it's a fist covered in blood. I think it's got some kind of dirt on it. But yeah, I mean, I'll leave it with your imagination as to where that fist has been. (laughs) As always, that was a haiku. A reminder that is a Japanese poem made up of 17 syllables in three lines of five, seven, and five. It's meant to be read in one breath. I'm finding it difficult to take a breath at the minute due to being ill. (sighs) Can you hear my voice on there? Never mind. I get those from the Serial Killers Book of Haiku by Rose Bundy. If you're interested, there is a link in my bio. Now, this week's case was suggested by listener Arwen Llewellyn, 
Arwen bought me two beers after visiting buymeacoffee.com slash British Murders and left the following message. I love the podcast. I listen while studying, painting and my two hour trip to and from work. Thank you for keeping me sane. I'd like to request some Welsh cases if you can. Enjoy. I did enjoy. Thank you, Arwen. We then had a brief email exchange in which a South Wales case was requested. I had a bit of a look online. I found today's story, got the green light from Arwen, and I added it to my episode list. As a reminder, this fourth season is made up entirely of listener-suggested cases. Please get in touch if you want me to cover a case and get a shout-out for your efforts. Season 5's episode list is almost complete as well. However, I do still have space in there for episodes 8, 9 and 10, so please keep your suggestions coming in and they'll go straight into Season 5. As always, let's take a look at the area where this story takes place. We're in Wales this time. Not been to Wales for a while. I think John Cooper was the last one, Episode 4 of Season 1. We're specifically in the city of Newport this week, which is located in South Wales. When I think of Newport, I immediately think of Lee Dainton from Dirty Sanchez. I'm talking about the TV show that attempted to rival Jackass and not the disgusting sex act. Behave yourself. It's a family show. Dainton always used to say, You know this shit's Newport. Good accent. So let's attempt to figure out what he meant. Did you know that Newport, or Kasnowith in Welsh, I think I'm saying that right, let me know, Arwen, was one of Hungarian-born American escape artist Harry Houdini's favourite places to visit. He regularly performed there, he even jumped from Newport Bridge into the freezing water below. He was handcuffed, by the way. As he resurfaced, his limbs were no longer shackled, and the thousands of spectators above cheered raucously. Houdini broke his toe during the stunt, but that's a minor, seeing as though he escaped with his life. Do you know how he died? He died from being punched in the stomach, apparently, because he wasn't ready for it. Interesting. The 2010 Ryder Cup golf tournament was hosted at the Celtic Manor Resort in Newport. The Newport Transporter Bridge opened on September 12, 1906. It's one of the last four remaining transporter bridges in the UK, and one of the only 12 left operating globally. Last but not least, let's rejoice at the fact that Newport is where legendary comedy hip-hop group Goldie Looking Chain are from. Remember folks, guns don't kill people, rappers do. Speaking of rappers... Let me now introduce this week's primary villain. His birth name was Aloysius Sax Alfonso Coke. I think I'm saying his first name wrong. Though in day-to-day life, he goes by the name of Ewan Peters. Far more Welsh, far easier to pronounce. For reference, he was 42 years old at the time of this story's events. Fans of underground UK hip-hop artists may know Peters by another name, Sax Coke. Releasing songs such as Crazy World Part 1 and Creps On, the aspiring rapper's career was short-lived after the events I'm about to tell you that occurred in late 2019. Not one to hide his criminal past from the world, Peters often bragged about his exploits in his songs. In the aforementioned Crazy World Part 1, Peters spits the following bars. I've been sat in jail putting pen to paper. Ten years was long, but my mind stayed strong. I was stuck on them wings with those killers and lifers, but I made it through fam, I'm a born survivor. I said I wasn't going to rap, even in my script I said I wasn't going to rap, but I couldn't resist. I was thinking of, I'm going to slash and gash from Scary Movie. He filmed part of the video outside of Cardiff Prison, where he'd previously been incarcerated. In another song named Fresh Home, Peter spat these bars. Big Coke, fresh from HMP, 
Now I'm out, I get to live that life, doing me and do what's right. Fuck HMP, they done me wrong. I got stitch, sent me up sticks. Hard time, they done me raw. Done swell behind the door. Came out head fucked, then got locked up. Couple months back out. Hmm. Inspiring. Don't really understand it. So he's saying, fuck the prison system. They stitched him up. So he's saying he was innocent. Sent him to prison. Done him wrong. Done him raw. Done swell behind the doors. That means he served time. Fucked with his head. And then he got locked up. And then he was back out in a couple of months. I'm not a, a rap lyric breakdown aficionado. That should be a good podcast, that. <laughs> True crime guy tries to break down rap lyrics. Pointless. Now that you and Peter's and his illustrious rap career have been introduced, I can start to work through the rest of this episode's cast. There's a fair few characters in this week's story, so I'll do my best as ever to keep the story as straightforward as possible. It took me a couple of read-throughs to understand the chain of events fully, so don't feel bad if you're a tad confused. Perry Dunwell is who I'd like to introduce next. He was 33 years old at the time of this story's events, and he hails from the district of Rumney in Cardiff, also South Wales. I went to Cardiff once, in May 2004, to watch my hometown team, Huddersfield, beat Mansfield in the English Football Division 3 playoff final. For any younger listeners, Division 3 is what we used to call League 2, but bringing it back to Perry Dunwell, he earned his money by dealing drugs. There's a lot of drug dealer talk in this episode, by the way. Pretty much everyone involved in this story is either a drug dealer or knows a drug dealer. The next character I'm introducing is David Allen. Arguably, he has the most minor role in this week's story, but he's Perry Dunwell's brother. Conlon Dunian is next. The aspiring boxer was 23 years old during this story's events, and he hails from Maysglass Avenue in Newport. Maysglass? It's M-A-E-S-G-L-A-S. Maysglass, I don't know. If your Welsh geography isn't on point, Newport and Cardiff, they're located right next to each other. They're on the south coast of Wales. Cardiff, slightly further south. Finally, it's time to introduce the person who would fall victim to the characters mentioned earlier. Shafiel Islam was just 22 years old during this story's events. However, he was also involved in Newport's criminal underworld as a drug dealer. In that world, he was better known by the nickname Chili. Like you and Peters, Shafiel Islam had a history of run-ins with police and the criminal justice system. At 13, Shafiel's mother recalled how she had to place her beloved son into care due to his actions. According to his mum, Shafiel simply got in with the wrong crowd and succumbed to the destructive influences of others. So, where precisely within Newport does today's story start? Surprisingly, the story starts inside Tawa Indian Buffet, a restaurant located at Newport Leisure Park on Spitty Road. On Friday, November 14th, 2019, Ewan Peters and Perry Dunwell enjoyed a meal at Tawa that included alcohol. This was just before the first UK lockdown in March 2020, so they'd have had no issues booking a table or just walking in and sitting down. It looked pretty quiet. There was some CCTV footage, which I'll come on to later, and it looked pretty quiet. So it was a Friday night. Maybe they went early. If I said to you I had no idea what they ordered, you might come back and say, but you said alcohol was included. As I've just said, there was some CCTV, some vital footage available from that night, but I'll come on to that later on in the story. But wait a minute. If you and Peters lives in Cardiff, and the events of this story take place in Newport, why was he there in the first place? 
Good question, dear listener. Peters had made his way over to Newport earlier on November 14th to guest star on a rap podcast. He was an up-and-coming rapper, remember? Sax Cole? Once the recording was over, he was picked up by Perry Dunwell in his white Volkswagen Scirocco, who then drove the pair to Tawa Indian Buffet. After leaving the restaurant, Peters and Dunwell began looking for an individual who owed the latter money. They'd received several tips about this unnamed individual being spotted out and about that night due to constantly updating their Snapchat story. Kids these days, right? They drove around Newport for a while, headed down to Cardiff, and finished their search back in Newport at Newport Railway Station. They eventually moved onto the district of Pilgwenly, known affectionately as Pill. Upon arrival, they were told the person they were hunting down had gone to his girlfriend's house, so they changed their focus to someone else. That someone else was Shafiel Islam. According to Perry Dunwell, Shafiel also owed him money. Before attempting to track down Shafiel, Dunwell collected his brother David Allen from a quicksave car park. Hands up if you thought quicksave didn't exist anymore. I had to look it up. Sure enough, the discount supermarket chain went into administration in July 2007, but was brought back in April 2012 as a convenience store chain. For those keeping scores with regards to true crime and not quicksave, Perry Dunwell is driving his white Volkswagen Scirocco, he's got his brother David Allen in the passenger seat, and Ewan Peters, or Sax Coke, is in the back. The threesome drove to Tewkesbury Walk in the Newport district of Shaftesbury. According to Ewan Peters, he and David Allen got out of the car and headed for an apartment building. After waiting outside the building for a while and exchanging a series of text messages with Perry Dunwell, he was still sat in the driver's seat of his car, Peters and Allen were eventually let inside the building by Conlon Dunian. The way Peters tells the story is that he had no idea where they were, what flat they were looking for, or who was likely to be on the other side of the door. After being led to a specific door, it was opened by Shafiel Islam, who Peters said he'd never seen before in his life. Peters said that David knocked on the door, which was answered within seconds, but that he was the one, he being Peters, who entered the flat first. That seems pretty sus, right? If you haven't figured it out yet, I'm telling you the story according to Ewan Peters' testimony. Believing he was acting as the enforcer for a simple robbery, Peters restrained Shafield by grabbing hold of the dressing gown he had on. Whilst he was restrained, David searched the property for his brother Perry's money. After a couple of minutes, David took over restraining Shafield and Peters started searching. Conveniently, during Peters' search, he claims to have heard something break, though he thought nothing of it at the time. Upon returning to the room where David and Shafiel were stood, Peters noticed a baseball hat in David's hand. That baseball bat started the night propped up against a wall. Peters then said he found the missing money, pocketed it and left, but not before witnessing David hit Shafiel in the torso. Peters then left, David soon followed, and he claimed that Shafiel was well and truly alive when they did leave. The pair then rushed downstairs, entered Perry Dunwell's getaway vehicle and handed the cash to the driver. We're not talking pence here, we're talking a few thousand pounds. Peters then claims to have rung a taxi and arrived back home shortly after. It wasn't until a few days had passed that Ewan Peters learned how badly Shaffield had been hurt and that he'd later died from his injuries. Or at least that was what he told the court during the trial. Let's get our Craig David on for a second and re-e-wind. Remember when I said that there is some vital CCTV footage available from that night that I'll come on to later in the story? Now's the time to explain what I meant. 
After Perry Dunwell and Ewan Peters had finished their meal at Tower Indian Buffet, CCTV footage captured Peters leaving the table last. He stands up, puts on a hoodie, and he very slyly grabs an empty glass bottle of Copperberg cider from the table. It's also worth knowing that David Allen, Perry Dunwell's brother, was arrested on March 5th, 2020 on suspicion of Shafiel Islam's murder. A prepared statement made by David said, I have no knowledge or involvement in the death of Shafiel Islam. <laughs> oh, my accent. I'm going to get some stick for that. He was later released without charge. With that information now known, let me explain what truly happened on the night of November 14th, 2019. The whole thing was masterminded by Ewan Peters. He initially spoke to Perry Dunwell and asked if he would go with him to Chili's. Remember that was Shafiel Islam's nickname? A total of 21 phone calls were then exchanged between Perry Dunwell and his brother David Allen. When questioned later about the high volume of calls, Dunwell said, He's my brother. It could be something silly. There are only a few seconds, some of the calls. It could be anything. I honestly can't remember. <laughs> oh, God. you got to have fun with this, don't you? It doesn't appear that David Allen was even present during the evening's events, though, hence his release without charge in March 2020. Ewan Peters likely wanted to make him the scapegoat, knowing he wasn't even there. So now we know that Ewan Peters was David Allenless, who let him inside the building? Conlon Dunyon did. That part of Peters' story was correct. That being said, Conlon allegedly had no idea that Shaffield would be harmed when he let Peters inside. Nor did Perry Dunwell, if his testimony is to be believed. Upon entering Shaffield's flat, Ewan Peters withdrew the glass Copperberg bottle he'd taken from Tawa Indian Buffet and proceeded to violently attack Shafiel with it. After being left for dead, Shafiel was discovered by police inside his raided flat just before midnight. He was found unconscious inside a cupboard and covered in blood. The 22-year-old was rushed to Newport's Royal Gwent Hospital, where a CT scan revealed he had sustained a devastating brain injury. Sadly, Shafiel died six days later, on November 20th, 2019, due to his injuries. The post-mortem examination results showed fractures to Shafiel's skull, bleeding on the brain and swelling of the brain. It was confirmed that Shafiel had sustained at least three heavy blows to the head with a blunt object, known now to be the glass Copperberg bottle. It does show, you know in films where people get smashed over the head with a glass bottle? That's fake glass, obviously, it's... I think it's called uh, sugar glass. But if you do it with a real bottle, I remember Steve I used to do it in Jackass. It takes a lot for that shit to break. Or you can really use that as a weapon over someone's head. It's awful. During the subsequent three week trial held at Newport Crown Court in spring 2021, Ewan Peters, Perry Dunwell, and Conlon Dunyon all pleaded not guilty to Shaffield's murder. Dunwell and Dunyon also pleaded not guilty to conspiracy to commit robbery, whereas Peters pleaded guilty to that charge. The definition of a conspiracy to commit robbery is when there's a plot between two or more people to rob a bank, a person, a home or another establishment. Perry Dunwell admitted to being a drug dealer during the trial after being asked if he always tipped people generously. That may seem a strange question to ask someone, but there was a legitimate reason. After the events of November 14th, 2019, Dunwell had his Volkswagen Scirocco cleaned and it was heard that he tipped the cleaner handsomely. The prosecuting Mark Wyeth QC told the jury how Shafiel Islam's death 
resulted from a planned robbery by the three defendants. He was their target due to being a drug dealer and he supposedly owed a debt of £10,000. Mr Wyeth said, There's strong forensic evidence that links that broken bottle to Mr Peters. That was a deliberate, gratuitous, violent and hard attack that was made by him with the concurrence of his two co-defendants. Mr Wyeth also explained that Conlon Dunian, responsible for letting Ewan Peters inside Sheffield's apartment building, made a phone call to his mum on November 16, 2019. During that call, Dunian said that he had done something stupid and was the one who had fit him up, by which he meant he had set Shafiel up for a beating. He denied being involved in the beating though. The jury returned with their verdicts on April 13, 2021. Ewan Peters was found guilty of murdering Shafiel Islam. Perry Dunwell and Conlon Dunian were both found guilty of manslaughter. Ewan Peters also admitted a single conspiracy charge to rob Shafiel Islam. Dunwell and Dunian were found guilty of the same offence. Judge Mrs Justice Jefford sentenced the three defendants on April 21st, 2021. Ewan Peters was handed a life sentence with a minimum term of 33 years for the murder of Shafiel Islam and 14 years and 3 months for conspiracy to commit robbery. Both sentences will be served concurrently. He'll be eligible for parole on April 14th, 2051. Perry Dunwell was handed 13 years and 9 months for the manslaughter of Shafiel Islam and 13 years for conspiracy to commit robbery. Again, both sentences will be served concurrently. He will be eligible for parole on May 21st, 2027. Conlon Dunian was handed 9 years and 6 months for the manslaughter of Shafiel Islam and 7 years for conspiracy to commit robbery, both sentences to be served concurrently. He will be eligible for parole on April 17th, 2025. Sentencing judge Mrs Justice Jefford said in her closing statement, his family had to watch him die slowly until his life support had to be turned off. A statement written on behalf of Shafiel's mum by her daughters, read by Mr Wyeth, said, We were told Shafiel had been hurt and was in hospital. We did not realise at the time just how serious it was. We thought he would be okay. The doctor told us Shafiel's brain had been so damaged that there was little they could do. We were all so upset seeing him like that. He didn't look like Shafiel anymore. We were hopeful for a few days that a miracle might happen, but we knew as the days drew on that it would not happen. When the doctor said to mum that we needed to turn off the life support machine that was keeping him alive, mum was devastated and said no, she could not do it. The last time Shafiel's mum saw her firstborn child, he gave her a hug and said, I love you. Gwent Police released the following statement on behalf of Shafiel's family after the hearing. Shafiel was so young and his death was so unexpected. It did not need to happen. It was brutal. Going to court every day to watch the trial has made us have to relive it all. We have seen how much Shafiel suffered from the attack and how calculated it was. We will never know the truth of what happened because they have all given different accounts to hide their involvement and that is so difficult to accept. We will all remember Shafiel as a son, brother and nephew who remained strong and would always be happy and smiling. We pray that he is in a better place and that he is resting. Senior Investigating Officer Detective Superintendent Nick Wilkie said, This was a horrific and calculated attack of a young man in his home late at night. Shafiel Islam was the victim of a robbery involving significant violence which resulted in him tragically losing his life. 
Shafil became involved in illegal drug activity in Newport and as a result entered into a dangerous lifestyle. The risks associated with this type of criminality are significant and sadly Shafil paid the ultimate price. And that was a story of British murderer Ewan Peters. Thanks again to Arwen Llewellyn for suggesting a South Wales case. I found it, but you gave the green light. I've got one new review to read out this week. Thank you, Lemming Guy, for leaving British Murders a five-star rating and review on iTunes. They said, an excellent show, very well researched and put together. Keep it up, Stuart. You're doing great. Cheers, Lemming Guy. That was a strange old game, that, wasn't it? Lemmings. I'm assuming that's what you're named after. On the other hand, maybe you're just a lover of the rodent. Let me know either way. Suppose you'd like to leave a review of the show and have it read on a future episode. In that case, you can do so on iTunes or Podchaster, or Facebook if you really want. All reviews help increase the show's exposure. They are greatly appreciated as well. You can support British Murders each month by joining my Patreon. That's patreon.com slash britishmurders. You'll get early access to ad-free episodes. You'll also get access to my scripts if you're interested in seeing all my typos. If you'd prefer to support the show on a one-off basis, please visit buymeacoffee.com slash britishmurders. And for more on British Murders, please check out all my social media channels and YouTube. You can watch the full video episodes there. Merchandise is available to purchase at Teespring. The link is in the episode description. And please continue to email your case suggestions to me, britishmurderspodcast at gmail.com, or you can hit me up on social media. You not only get the episode covered, you'll also get a shout out. How good's that? <laughs> well, that's it for now. I've been Stuart Blues. This has been British Murders. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time. Cheerio. Cheerio.